most turbulence in our uh, nation, the election and all that, has really uh, benefited us here uh, on the No Spin News, BillOReilly.com, the first TV. We have now millions of people watching us. I never thought I would see that. And the very simple reason they're watching us is because it's almost impossible to get honest information from the corporate media. You just can't do it. So if you really want to know what's going on, you have to come here. Um, I don't follow the other podcasts very much, but there's nobody really does a, a daily news program, I don't think, the way that we do. So I'm happy you're here. Um, and tell your friends. I mean, this is important for every one of us who loves our country and who wants the best for the nation and for our families. It's important you know what's going on. Okay, so we're going to begin with the election being challenged by the Trump administration. No doubt this is going to take place over the next 30 to 60 days. How far it goes depends on the evidence. There has to be evidence presented of vote tampering, vote fraud, and other things that may not have been um, honest. It's as simple as that. So the Trump administration has to compile this evidence. You and I have to see it. The courts have to see it. If they're able to do that, then the Supreme Court's going to have to make this call. Now, understand the courts do not want to decide on elections. They don't want to do that. I had to do it in Florida in the year 2000 with Gore and Bush. They don't want to do it. Because you can understand, you don't want judges appointing politicians. Uh, you want the folks to elect them. But now we've got a lot of dubious things going on. Word of the day, dubious. So I suspect there is evidence, whether it's felonious or not, I don't know, but I suspect there is evidence of voter misbehavior in three places. Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Fulton County, Georgia. And I base this upon my knowing people in those areas, what they're telling me is happening, the local news reportage. And it makes no sense at all, none, that Nevada announces today it will not complete its vote count until late next week. That's impossible. There's something wrong there. Now, the Trump administration has people there. They know that the governor is a shady guy in Nevada. And so there I have my eye. Now, in Arizona, let the count play out. I don't believe that uh, Donald Trump's going to win Arizona, but it's possible. It's possible. In Fulton County, Georgia, they can't count the votes, or they won't. That's Atlanta. So every day I look at the vote tallies, and they're going Biden's way, after Election Day, had Trump up pretty big in Georgia. And Fulton County can't, can't really tell you why there's a delay there. We don't really know. Uh-huh. Pennsylvania, same thing. Going to take them 10 days to count these ballots? And it, it, Trump was up by 600,000 on Election Day. He's down to about 150,000. Does that make sense to anybody? I know Philadelphia is liberal, but does that make sense to you? doesn't make sense. 
All right, Michigan, we have places like that. In Wisconsin, we have places like that. But I don't believe the president's going to get anywhere in Wisconsin or in Arizona. But Michigan, Detroit, it's a dicey area. Philadelphia, same thing. And by dicey, I mean that the area is notorious for things that aren't quite clear, these areas. So you got Clark County, Nevada, that's Vegas. You got Detroit, Michigan. You got Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Is anybody going to come in and say, oh, no, those are, those are pristine places? I don't think they are. Anyway, I'm generalizing because I don't have any specific information tonight to give you. I don't have it. That's the job of the FBI. Now, they are there. They're there. I recommended yesterday that they be sent, and they have been. So at least 30 states okayed mail-in ballots because of COVID. Before that, only five states, only, this is interesting, Hawaii, Colorado, Oregon, Utah, and Washington always had universal mail-ins. That means you're a resident there, you get a, a vote, you mail it in. They don't have any problems in those states, or they haven't had any. The mail-in ballots went fine. And there were rules. You had to do this, that, and you had to comply to the rules. Remember, each state makes its own rules. This isn't a federal apparatus. But any cheat on a national election is a federal crime, a felony. Okay, so now we got 30 that are having mail-ins instead of five. Now, the only five states that don't do mail-ins You've got to specifically request an absentee or Indiana, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Texas. Okay, we don't have any problems in those states. Um, this is just insane. What I'm about to tell you is insane, but it's absolutely true. All right, so 18 states have postmark laws, but they vary. It can range from three to 14 days that your vote is counted in the individual states. So, for example, in Wisconsin... Um, it's 14 days. <laughs> you vote counted 14 days after Election Day. That's insane. In Pennsylvania, they, the Supreme Court ruled on a case in Pennsylvania, four to four, it was a tie, so it went back. And the, the state, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania says, any ballots that arrive within the time frame without a postmark, without a postmark, or with an unreadable postmark, will be presumed to have been sent before the cutoff point. Okay, now the second most important story of the day is the Senate. Senate's going to stay in Republican hands. Now, if the Democrats had succeeded in winning the Senate, that would have been a disaster for this country and for you and me personally that we have not witnessed since 9-11. That's how bad that would have been. But right now, if uh, John James in Michigan holds his 10,000 vote lead, uh, it'll be 52-48 Republican. If James loses to Peters, remember, they're still counting votes in Detroit, um, the Democrat, it'll be 51-49. There is a runoff election in uh, Georgia in January, but that will go to the Republicans. Okay. So the Republicans will hold a 51-49 or a 52-48 majority. Slim, therefore, uh, the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell becomes the most powerful person in the country. 
more powerful than Joe Biden if he's if he gets it, because McConnell will say yes or no on any legislation and they can't stop him. They can't pack the Supreme Court. They can't kill the filibuster. They can't have Puerto Rico and D.C. as states. They can't institute a wealth tax where my property and yours could be seized by the federal government as Bernie Sanders and the socialists want. Can't do any of that. As long as the Senate stays Republican, which it has. Now, that shows me that a lot of people are smarter than we think they are. Because in a lot of these states, they went, you know what? Maine is a good example. Susan Collins was running behind there. But the Mainers, not crazy leftists, going, eh, I don't think we're going to give a very progressive left Democrat, Sarah Gideon, power. And Maine went for Biden. They split the ticket there. Okay, so that extremely, extremely important story that has been ignored by most of the media, which was absolutely abysmal last night. Oh, my God, were they boring. I mean, if one of the CNN commentators said it's still early or there's a lot to come one more time, they were they were repeating themselves like every four sentences. It was crazy. And the only reason I was watching CNN is because they had better graphics than the others. I mean, I don't know what Fox News was doing on the graphics. I couldn't figure out what was on the screen. Looked like a show from Taiwan. I mean, as hard as Bill Hammer tried, I mean, what, what is this? What are you doing now? But CNN had two giant screens where you could see what was happening. You know, you just put the sound down, and I did that. I put the sound down and just looked at the visuals and the vote totals. Okay, so I go on uh, Glenn Beck's radio program today, obviously. Uh, we're talking about the election. Roll tape. Stop with this mail-in madness, because you know and I know that in Philadelphia and Detroit, they're going to cheat. You know, everybody knows they're going to cheat. All right? It, and I'm not a conspiracy kind of guy. You've known me for many, many years. I don't do that. All right? I leave that to others. No names mentioned. Right? <laughs> I'm not a conspiracy guy. Yeah. But when you set it up for... Well, we, you know, we got another 200,000. We're not exactly sure where they are, but we know we have them. Yeah, okay. And, you know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, um, it wouldn't be so bad. uh, But we all know, we all know they're not going to all of a sudden find, you know, 10,000 ballots in favor of Trump. No, we all know what's what, what it is. Right. We know what it is. But the only way it stops is for Congress to pass a national election yeah, law not gonna happen. with standards. Now, I want the states to oversee it. I don't care when the polls open and close. I don't care what kind of machinery you have. But there's, you've got to say, if you want a non-fraudulent system, in, particularly in this age of technology, when it's easy to do this kind of thing. So... Right now, where we stand, talking now on Wednesday morning, uh-huh. the Senate is going to stay with Republicans. So uh, those of us who are traditional Americans and respect and like our country, we don't think it's a horrible race-ridden place. 
we have that hope for the next two years. Okay. Now, as far as who's going to be president, the odds are that it'll be Biden. Okay. That's the odds. And that's uh, interview went on for about 20 more minutes and you can hear it on BillOReilly.com. Okay, so the media last night uh, was largely boring. Um, they didn't have much to say. They didn't look happy being there. Um, for much of the evening, it looked like Donald Trump was going to win. So the network news was absolutely apocalyptic about that. They, uh, they, but they couldn't show it. You know, it was like a little kid who wants to scream and yell, but knows uh, he or she is going to get into trouble. So hold it in. Now, I'm going to throw you uh, three sound bites at you. Just to, I know you didn't see this, most of this, but just to tell you that the media has killed itself. One of the legacies of President Trump is going to be he destroyed the media, but they committed suicide alongside of the murder. Does that make sense to you? It was it was a convergence. Uh, the first uh, soundbite is from James Carville. He is going to get defeated soundly. It's going to be a good win. It's going to be good for the United States tonight. People have been tired of this guy since the night he was elected. The only people that fear him are these bedwetting Democrats. We're going to win. Get over it. It's going to be a good night. Okay, so he's going to be defeated soundly. That did not happen. Um, but it doesn't matter. If you're a pundit, you can say whatever you want. They don't hold you accountable. Um, and and uh, Carville said that the election was going to be called at 10 p.m. I was up to 3.30. <laughs> so anyway, um, soundbite number two is Nicole Wallace, who used to be a Republican. Florida, and it is a state that has been increasingly difficult for Democrats to win in statewide. So I think the Biden, I mean, I, I can, you can feel um, the, the hopes and the uh, dreams of our viewers falling down and you can hear <laughs> liquor cabinets opening all across this great land. But Florida wasn't a state that the Biden campaign was counting on. Florida was not a state essential to a Biden win. Oh, they weren't counting on it, but they spent $80 million in TV ads in Florida. 80 million. But it's nice of uh, Ms. Wallace to acknowledge that her viewers um, aren't people seeking information from her. They uh, just hate Trump. Interesting. All right. So Van Jones on CNN will cap it off with him. Go. But I think for people who saw babies being snatched away from their mothers at the border, uh, for people who are sending their kids into schools where the N word is now being used against them, uh, for people who have seen this wave of intolerance, uh, they wanted a moral victory tonight. Uh, we wanted to see a repudiation of this direction for the country. And the fact that it's this close, I think, uh, is hurt, is, it hurts. It just hurts. Yeah. Okay. Kids going to school where they're confronted by the N-word. I'd like to know what school that is. I don't believe that that's happening in an organized way. It might be some kid on a playground, of course, but no, no, this is systemic. Yeah, that's what's going on. Okay, so the media is through. Um, if Donald Trump loses, the Trump show packs up and leaves and uh, television news collapses. You will see 
we have this soundbite right here of me just saying that, you will see. So the New York Times, they're going to collapse as well. Uh, in Georgia, they had their needle um, giving Biden a 64% chance to win. Of course, Biden not going to win Georgia. North Carolina, 86% chance um, that Trump would win on the New York Times needle. Uh, that was in the afternoon. Um, but, of course, it was very, very close. And then um, the Florida needle from the New York Times had um, Trump uh, not doing well and then suddenly doing well. Okay, very good. All right, let's bring in our guest, very smart guy, uh, Ilya Shapiro. is the director of uh, the Center for Constitutional Studies at the Cato Institute. Comes to us from Virginia. You know, when I looked at the Virginia map early on Election Day, Trump was way ahead. And I said, wow, has he got a chance? And then I said, no, because of your county, Mr. Shapiro, Fairfax County, which I think voted 100 percent for Joe Biden. Um, but Virginia, if you take Fairfax County out, Virginia is a, a conservative red state, correct? I think without Fairfax, that's that's probably right. Uh, the thing also in all of these states, we're seeing what a lot of people were predicting early because Democrats in most places tend to mail in a lot more uh, this year and those get counted later. What we had as Trump leads that faded uh, overnight. So uh, regardless of uh, any fraud or other nefariousness, that's that's the dynamic that you've seen. And by the way, uh, Bill, uh, to correct you on the uh, Biden-Pence issue, the House would vote by state delegations, and Republicans still control more states uh, in the House than Democrats do, despite their majority. So Trump would win under a tie in that scenario. Really? I did not know that. Thank you for that correction. I thought it was a straight up-and-down vote in the chamber, but you're saying it isn't. Um, they have to go out and do some complicated dance. Well, that, that's very interesting. Now, why do Democrats vote overwhelmingly more than Republicans in the mail-in situation? Well, I don't want to talk about generally because that's a little different scenario than in the COVID era. So this year, there are two things going on. Democrats generally are more afraid of the pandemic. Uh, and secondly, Trump waved off uh, Republicans. He said, you know, don't trust this process. Go vote in person uh, or at, at worst, drop off your absentee ballot uh, directly in the polling location. So that's generally why, although Arizona is an exception to that. Their Republicans are known for voting absentee and dropping their ballots off early and doing all these other things. That's partly why uh, we have uh, this delay in, in Arizona counting. Now, do you believe that a, uh, I think it's uh, 60,000 now, down a 60,000 difference. Do you believe Arizona could turn to Trump? You know, I haven't uh, gone too deep into the weeds on this. And again, I'm a constitutional lawyer, not a, some sort of polling expert. Uh, but it looks like it's, it's hard to tell depending on who you ask. I, I know people on the ground there as well. Uh, and it, you don't know exactly which counties or which parts of the, the big, gigantic Maricopa County those ballots are from. Um, I've seen uh, anywhere from Trump having to win 55 to 65 percent of the outstanding uh, not yet counting ballots to, to turn it. It's certainly a possibility. It certainly shouldn't have been called on election night as uh, Fox and AP did. Interesting. Now, why uh, do you think the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania was so adamant 
about extending their vote count before it even happened and making it very, very easy for Pennsylvania residents to vote by mail. This is a Democratic-run state, all right, on every level. And to me, Owen, you know, when they brought that to the Supreme Court, it was a four-to-four tie, as you know, um, to extend this count uh, with fuzzy postmarks, and you don't have to have data, and you don't have to be able to prove it. You don't have to do anything. Why do you think Pennsylvania did that? Well, as the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, to be clear, the legislature wanted to keep it. No, but it got uh, to the federal uh, Supreme Court, did it? Wait a minute, Mr. Shapiro, and maybe I'm wrong. It got to the U.S. uh, Supreme Court. It was four to four, so they kicked it back to Pennsylvania. Right, but the the appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court was from the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, which is the one that rewrote the state rules to extend the deadline and allow these non-postmark ballots. And so that that was John Roberts basically kicking the can down the road, hoping that it doesn't come down to Pennsylvania, because actually this suit, which isn't done, that ruling by the Supreme Court was on an emergency motion just to stay the state Supreme Court's uh, rewriting but of the law. But they shouldn't have done if, it. If, and it. If Barrett had been on there, it would have been five to four, and Pennsylvania would not have been able to do all of this crazy stuff to allow votes that are questionable to be counted. That's probably right. Uh, we don't know how Barrett would vote, but that's more likely than not that she would, would have voted to do that. But what Roberts did by voting the way he did, by tying it up 4-4, is to kick the can down the road. I, I know so what if he did. now I, I know it comes what down he did. to Pennsylvania. And it hurt the country. So John but, Roberts, once again, hurts right, right. his but what own I'm saying country. Is that, case, that case is not over. Those late but it arriving is over ballots are being... In the court of public opinion, it's over because the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is going to count votes that have no postmarks. Okay, so it's well, over. Here, no, well, here, no, no, here, here's the thing. Those late arriving ballots are being segregated. That's something that the Pennsylvania Secretary of State is doing uh, because of this litigation. And that same case is still being appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm telling you, Bill, if it comes down to Pennsylvania, it might not. If Biden wins Nevada and Arizona, he doesn't need Pennsylvania right. because he's already won Wisconsin and Michigan. But if it comes down to Pennsylvania, then this is going to be back in the Supreme Court's lap on full briefing and argument. And now they have until December 8th when the states have to certify their electors. Okay. Um, But I mean, I think it just was an outrageous situation. Now, of the lawsuits that you have noticed by the Trump administration, is there one or two that you feel have validity and that could um, stop the process that's in motion? No, I don't think they're going to stop any of the counting. Uh, This Pennsylvania suit that we were just discussing uh, is the most serious and and credible one, this rewriting of the state law by the state Supreme Court. Everything else that's been filed is kind of nibbling around the edges. They want access to the ballot counting or they're quibbling over uh, certain absentee ballots in uh, Savannah, Georgia, for example. They lost in a ruling this morning in that case. Um, none of these have the potential to be systemic or overturning the results or questioning tens of thousands of ballots, which even in the closest case, I think I think Wisconsin, uh, it's only a 20,000 uh, difference. But you're not going to gain 20,000 on a recount. No. And you're not going to gain 20,000 on saying, you know, this particular precinct counted a dozen ballots wrong or something like that. They're going to have to come up with evidence of something bigger to actually change the state result. All right, last question. Nevada, I think it's a mess. Um, If there were any state that I feel violated 
the federal election law, it would be Nevada. You have any feeling on that? So Nevada, under state law, this isn't a late-breaking Nevada Supreme Court ruling, but under state law, they have until November 10th to count ballots that are uh, received that are postmarked as long as they were uh, sent early. North Carolina, it's November 12th. So to the extent that Nevada and North Carolina remain close, we could see ballots trickling in for another week. It's crazy. <laughs> why, why can't they count them in Nevada? You know nobody, who the model is, lives Bill, in this Go you ahead. know who the model is? It's kind of ironic. It's Florida. Florida went through this in 2000, and they completely changed their counting That's systems. Right. That's why, even though it's a huge state and very contested every time, they got their count in and done, and we're not talking about Florida now. I know. All right, Mr. Shapiro, very good. We really appreciate you helping us out. Thank you. All right, let's turn our attention now to the polling scandal. I am now designated it as a scandal. So I asked my crack staff, and they're very good, to give me the five worst polls um, of this election cycle. Ready? The Economist YouGov poll. Economist is a left-leaning magazine. CNBC change research poll. Quinnipiac University poll. Reuters Ipsos poll. CNN poll. Fox News close. They're the worst. All right. So I said, you know, we don't want to be all negative. Let's give the best, the closest. Rasmussen, number one. And they were last time around, too. The Hill-Harris poll. All right. That's our pal, Mark Penn. You saw him. Mark Penn, you saw him earlier this week. Investors Business Daily poll. Emerson College in Boston poll had Biden winning by five. We could not even find a fifth poll. So out of all the scores of polls that did the presidential election, we could only find four that were responsible. Um, Let me just give you an example of how bad this situation was. In Iowa, all the polls up until the last day almost had Biden winning. The Des Moines Register turned that around. Okay, so they had Biden winning by eight points in Iowa. And Trump won the state handily. But this is the worst in Wisconsin. The New York Times Siena College poll had Biden up by 11 points on Election Day. 11. The ABC News Washington Post poll had Biden up by 17 points in Wisconsin. Biden won by less than 20,000 votes. Okay, joining us now is a guy who always did good polling throughout my entire career, Scott Rasmussen. He is no longer associated um, with the Rasmussen poll. He sold that uh, business and made a ton of money, I understand, Scott, (laughs) and then moved to Florida so he could avoid the state tax. Very shrewd. Um, And he joins (laughs) us now from Clearwater, which is a nice place. Okay, so Frank Luntz, you know our pal Frank, right? There's sure. focus groups. He does this. He does that. He says it's over for the American polling industry. It has collapsed and it is not an um, it is not an industry with any credibility. Do you agree with that? Uh, I think Frank is understating the problem. Uh, it's not just the election polling industry that's in trouble or has been discredited. It is the entire election forecasting industry, including 
the media coverage leading up to the elections and what they say matters, the election night coverage, every aspect of the way we have been doing this is wrong. It needs to be rooted out and we need to start all over again. Now, having said that, uh, I think it's really going to be important as we go through the next couple of months to focus on what worked as well as what didn't. There were some good things in the data. There were some bad things. Hopefully there are some lessons, but the idea that this industry will survive looking anything like it does today is foolhardy. Yeah, nobody's going to believe polling the next time around, maybe in 10 years. But what my sources tell me at the network news, which the corporations that own the network news, we're talking Disney, we're talking AT&T, Comcast, Viacom, these major, major corporations all wanted Donald Trump to lose. That word was well known in all the executive ranks of those corporations. So they hire people who are going to give them what they want. The pollsters are going to give them what they want because the pollsters are paid by the corporations. So then the next question is, well, why, why would you want Biden to be so far out in front? And the explanation I got is that Americans like to link up with a winner. So the low information voter doesn't really know anything, goes, you know, Biden's going to win anyway. I'm going to get on that train. Any, in your opinion, is that analysis of any validity? You know, I've, I've always been shocked throughout my career. People, when I put out a poll, even this year, and people would look at it and say, oh, this is how he's going to try to influence the electorate. I don't believe that makes sense. I don't believe polls are that significant in terms of turning people on and off. Maybe some people believe it. Maybe some people believe that people who are, you know, voters out there who might like Donald Trump, uh, maybe those people in Washington have a condescending view of the deplorables. What I think it is, is that we're trying to use these polls to do something that is unknowable. We knew coming into this election, my polling showed that people who voted by mail we're going to vote for Joe Biden by a 51-point margin. People who voted in person on Election Day were going to vote for Donald Trump by more than 20 points. People who voted early were kind of Biden supporters. What nobody knew, what nobody in the polling industry knew, is what the mix of those votes would be. How many people would actually show up on Election Day? The entire focus should have been trying to say, we don't know what the turnout's going to be. The thing to watch is who shows up on Election Day. If that number is bigger, it's better for Donald Trump. If it's poorer, it's better for Joe Biden. And we should have been looking. One of the basic questions I have is why we do all of these state polls. Uh, my last national poll showed that with a strong Republican turnout, Joe Biden would win the popular vote by about five points, kind of close to where it's going to end up, just about where it's going to end up. But from that, I could easily say that means it's going to be close in a few states. Few states are going to be out of reach. Uh, nothing more was gained by doing a lot of the individual state polling down the stretch. All right. Well, it's a bad problem. Um, people are angry about it. That's for sure. And, and, and Bill, I, I got to tell you, Bill, yeah. I want to tell you, it is a bad problem. And I have spent the last couple of days looking at this. I am working on writing something up that is my assessment, not only of what the problem is and where the whole industry has gone wrong, but what we should be doing about it, and not in four years or two years, starting next week when we begin to talk about these special Senate elections in Georgia. We need to change the way we practice our business. All right. Scott B., uh, please send that to me. 
um, when you get finished with it. I really like to read it. And thanks again for helping us out today. Richard, concierge member. Now, uh, concierge members, um, it's the greatest club in the world. I'll tell you what. You get 40% off all our stuff for Christmas. Oh, my God. Amazing discounts. And you can access me, write to me about anything. And I'll get back to you quickly. So that's what concierge membership on BillOReilly.com is. Richard, Bill, you're correct. The media hides what it does not want us to see or hear and distorts what really happens. God help us. I hope God does help us. You know, the nuns used to say, when I was awake enough to hear them, (laughs) I wasn't the best student in the world. The Lord works in mysterious ways. Now, I look at life that way, too. And I'm going to give you a little of that in a final thought. So whatever happens, I believe it might be for the good in the long run of America. Uh, Again, I'm going to explain that. Paul, concierge member. Thank you, Paul. So if the media is diminished, does this imply this hope of getting the country back from the left? There are cycles in history. There is hope. I don't believe the Biden administration is going to be effective at all. I hope I'm wrong. I hope President Biden, if he should become that, does a fantastic job and helps every American. I put the odds about 50 to 1 that would happen. Not going to even see Joe Biden in the White House. He's going to be in his jammies a lot of the time. All right. He's not going to be holding the press conferences. Not going to see that. The way he campaigned, spending 90% of his time in a basement, is the way he's going to be in a White House. And he doesn't have to be in a basement. He'll be in the East Wing. Beautiful. Be in a Lincoln bedroom. You can set up little trains. Do whatever you want. I don't want to be disrespectful, but come on. You think Joe Biden is going to be a reformer? You think he's going to be a creative guy? Yeah. Uh, Anne Bazile, San Diego, beautiful town. Thank you, Bill, for all your tweets and keeping me sane while watching the mainstream media on this very stressful night. Okay, I appreciate you noticing, Anne. I thought my tweets were amusing and direct last night. James, thank you for providing clear, objective, and information and informative information to your readers, Bill. Your site is the only one I can go to where I trust the information. Okay. Well, I'm glad. We have to earn your trust, and I think we did. If you look at all the predictions I made about all the states, and I only got one wrong, Arizona, that's pretty good. Uh, Viola Williams, Louisville, Kentucky. I listened to your message of the day this Wednesday on BillOReilly.com. Thanks for always summarizing things so succinctly. I can always count on you to help me understand how the news impacts me. That's what we do here. We're looking out for you. William McWhorter, Fort Gordon, Georgia. Received my Stand Up for America ball cap this past Saturday. We'll do a little visual here, uh, William. There's the cap. Okay. Um, I wore it to the voting line. I received multiple praises. And then I wore it when I purchased something else. And I met with praises from the gate guards at Fort Gordon, where my wife and I live. Fort Gordon, Georgia. Look, stand up for your country is not political. It, it goes now forever. We don't kneel. 
no matter who's president. Ben Johnson, New Madrid, Missouri. Killing Crazy Horse is a wonderful book. Love Killing Jesus and the United States Trump, but I believe Crazy Horse is even better. I learned a great deal. You presented the facts concerning both sides very well. Some of the historical facts made me proud and some ashamed. Okay, it is a book where your emotions will go up and down. Killing Crazy Horse, out 10 weeks, still on the upper regions of the bestseller list. Um, mm -mm. How about some Christmas stuff? You know, let's think about nice things. Uh, this is horrible. This whole election cycle, ah, oh, I mean, I got a headache you would not believe. So let's think about something nice. Christmas. I don't care about COVID. We're going to have a nice Christmas. So, number one, we got some new stuff for you. Let's take a look at the ornaments for the tree. Merry Christmas, America. Very festive. All right, then we have the doormats. Stand up for your country. This is one of my favorites because this looks good anywhere in your house, and it's a tremendous gift and not very expensive. All right, so stand up for your country doormats. We also have We Say Merry Christmas doormats. Aha! Bringing those back. We say Merry Christmas because we say Merry Christmas here. All right, books. If you buy any of my books, including Killing Crazy Horse, you get five Stand Up For Your Country stickers. If you buy three books, you get a hat and the stickers. Concierge members get 40% off books. Are you kidding me? I'm losing money on that. <laughs> Premium members, 20% off. Uh, mugs, thank you very much. You know, if you just give somebody a, a, this, it's a little gift for Christmas, put a little bow on it or something, they appreciate that. You're thinking about them. You know, buy a bunch of the mugs. And uh, word of the day, right? Word of the day. Do not be churlish. A lot of people churlish today, I'll tell you that. C-H-U-R-L-I-S-H. Back with a final thought in a moment. Okay. Here's my final thought. The country endures no matter who wins the presidency. All right. Some of you will be disappointed, perhaps most, with Joe Biden, if it's him. Uh, certainly, if Donald Trump is reelected, there are millions of Americans who will gnash their teeth. But the country endures. You know, I believe that we are a blessed nation because we're noble because we freed billions of people. My father, my grandfather, a lot of you Vietnam vets, your Korean War vets, we freed so many people. Even in Vietnam, well, we were fighting for the freedom of the South Vietnamese people. We're trying to conquer the country, trying to keep them free from communism. And what's going on in Vietnam now? Communism. Think the folks over there like it? They don't, I've been there. They don't, they wanna come here. So the country endures because I think there's basically, you know, a presence in the universe that knows that we're noble and that we go up and down. We get attacked on 9-11. We lose 3,000 people. We go through economic hard times. We have uh, bad police interactions with citizens sometimes, all of that. But overall, we're going to endure. I believe it. We always have. If you look at history, we have always endured. I mean, we could have lost World War II. Absolutely could have lost it. 
All right, the Great Depression, we came out of it stronger than ever. So now we're in another period of history where we have the progressive far left hating America and trying to take it over to change it. That's what we have. That's what we're confronted by. But we got a Republican Senate that's going to block that. And Biden, I don't know what Biden's going to do. He's got to make deals with McConnell. And Biden's a deal maker, as we know. As we know, he can make those deals. So it might not be the disaster that many think it will be. But me, I love my country. All right? I'm going to be loyal to it. And this program, whatever happens, we're going to tell you the truth about it. Thanks for watching tonight. We'll see you tomorrow.